be talking about Timothy Spall or Loji time. Okay. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you know I'm going to fuck this up every time. Hello and welcome to Spall Talk, <laughs> the only podcast where two siblings talk about the Hell life yeah. and career Whoa. of Timothy Spall. I'm here with my brother, Eric Jacoby. Hey, what's up, team? It's Who me. Who has a question for the me? good dude, Eric Jacoby. It's your, your old pal. And I do have a question, and it is this, colon. Who is Timothy Spall? Spall, the third of four sons, was born in Battersea, London. Eric, who is Timothy Spall? In Alice in Wonderland, Timothy Spall plays a dog. This is about it. The dog's name is Bayard. He's a bloodhound. He's tracking down Alice in Wonderland, but he's a member of, like the ira or something like <laughs> so he like he gets there and he gets to johnny depp and johnny depp spits some code to him and he's like okay i won't i'll leave and that's basically it like he's just a dog anyway what is the third question you have on okay. this the first part of our two-part special spall talk goes to hell yeah here's my question let me lay it down for you who is Mitchell Jorzak? Hello, I am Eric's former middle school bully and present day best pal. Oh yeah, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> bullied the hell out of me in middle school, but that's uh, not the point. <laughs> we'll get to it. We're here to discuss some totally tight shit. Alice in Wonderland. This is w- probably the worst movie we've seen so far in this in this show i hate this movie so much i'm just gonna preference by saying that i am a huge fan of alice in wonderland <gasps> just that i'm right not the movie not the movie Ooh, but i'm God. talking about you know the anime disney movie is pretty solid i've the read the anime. book countless amount, countless amount of times i've adopted a manga <laughs> to um about it it's but i'm a huge fan and this movie broke my heart. Do you have any opinions on the stage in the first Kingdom Hearts where you go to Wonderland? I'm not a nerd, so I don't play games. <laughs> so you have, like, a sort of interesting history with this movie. <laughs> Would you like to share that with the class? This is the one and only movie so far in my life that I have actually shit on. Like, literally laid a dookie on. <laughs> like a Cleveland steamer on the disc. <laughs> oh my god. It's not much of a story other than, like, I had a copy of it at one point, because it was gifted to me. And, um, I, you know, am a human, so, you know, I defecate from time to time. And I was thinking, you know, (laughs) I was thinking, you know, like, what better way to use my one and only copy of Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland than as toilet wipe? So I just, I really didn't use a toilet wipe, I just, like, shit on it. Yeah, I would think having like plastic, like thin plastic that close to your butt, that that would risk injury. There's been weirder things next to my butt, so it wouldn't be the weirdest, but we'll see. We'll follow up on what is the weirdest when you're a guest on our other podcast, Butt Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the only podcast or two siblings talk about butts. Very adjacent to our spinoff podcast, Ball Talk. <laughs> Oh, that's a double meaning right there. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, you get it? Because ball- the butt's adjacent to the balls. I'm balling every day here yeah. on the ball talk. Oops. Woo. Blood mixtape. You come into my own home. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So let's talk about, I don't want to talk about this movie, guys, but let's talk about this Here's movie. Here's a question we didn't ask yet. Yeah. Mitchell Jorzak, 
Speaking of being a big fan of things, yeah. what's your favorite Carly Rae Jepsen song? Ooh. I have listened to a lot of Carly Rae Jepsen. My favorite song right now is going to be Store. I'm a big fan of Store. I'm, I'm not like Eric where I've listened to Emotion Side B like 10,000 times. <laughs> but... Miss and you're not like the both of us where we did our own little parody version in our last episode. We Mitchell and I did drive to Chicago and we listened to Emotion Side B solidly seven consecutive times, sure. at least. And ten seconds into every song, I went, ooh, this is a good one. <laughs> every time. But in famous, not good ones. There's not a bad Carly Rae Jepsen song. I haven't heard it yet. There's been some low points, but there's not really a bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, let's get into the film. Oh, can we, we not? gotta do the summary. I don't want to. I don't want to do any of this. I'm the one who has to do the summary, I, hate, I don't want to hear it. I hate this movie so much. <laughs> so, Alice in Wonderland starts out not in Wonderland, but in old-timey Britain, which sucks, because she's too woke for Britain. She is just out there, going out for women's rights and respecting women, even outside of meme form. <laughs> And, uh, during this party where she's, uh, dancing with this guy she's supposed to be engaged to, he is, uh, he's, he's got red hair, he's got a weird, fucked up, uh, Trump family face. <laughs> his teeth. He just, looks, he his looks teeth like scare me. a weasel. Yeah. Uh, she sees a rabbit. She follows it, falls down a hole into Wonderland. Uh, then... She becomes the Lord of the Rings, where she finds a magical sword and becomes King Alice. Uh, she kills a dragon, which, you know, happened in the original Alice in Wonderland. And then she fucks off back to England, and she's like, nope, I'm still too woke for this. I'm out of 5,000. Yeah. Ah. And after that summary, let's move on to our spall moments and a spalling, spall wonders and a spalling moments. I'm not, I'm not going to edit any of this. This is, this is a live. <laughs> we'll do it live. Fuck yeah. It. We'll do it live. They, they deserve the live experience. <laughs> so spall Same. wonders, spalling moments. Mitchell, would you like to go first? Guess no, privileges. I want Eric to go first. Ooh, awesome. So my, <laughs> uh, sp- I'm going to start off on a high note to an extent that I can. My small wonder was the part at the beginning when they're still in, like, England before they go to Wonderland. And it's worth noting that she hates, you know, uh, England at the time. She hates the aristocracy and stuff. But it's not because it's, like, unjust or anything. It's because they are, like, too many normies. And, like, they're all boring. And She wants to kill all normies. Yeah, and, she, and she's, like, too cool and, like, random XD. <laughs> And like I, she thinks of she thinks of six impossible things before uh before breakfast. It's a line that she keeps repeating. Um and But this oh, is my I high point. To add, this that's is six my... impossible lines before breakfast. That's a mantra she repeats while she's killing the dragon. Oh that, my god. That's what that's, that's what works that's, up her dander. That's gonna to be, do her heroics. I was gonna make that my like uh, that was gonna be my a spalling moment before something even worse happened, but I do hate how she re, re, like repeats that as a mantra. But that's not the point. I'm trying to talk about something I liked. Um, liked isn't quotes, but the the scene before she goes into Wonderland, where she's just in boring old England, going to dances and hanging out with you know weird pasty lords. 
that was the like the high point of the movie and i hated it when it was when i was watching it and then they got to wonderland and from then on there was not like a single frame of the movie that wasn't ugly as sin <laughs> like this is i i got a headache watching this movie because the cga is so cga CGA. the cgi oh. is so awful and like the the movements of the camera are what do you have against the casting guild of America? Everything. <laughs> but the movements of the camera are just so frustrating to watch. Like, it's the ugliest. Like, I already don't like Baroque stuff, and this was legitimately one of the ugliest movies I've seen in my entire life. Everything about this film was, like, hideous, except for the parts in Normie Old England. Yeah, that's so, those just... So, <laughs> just by process of elimination, that's my small wonder. Maybe that yeah. just makes you a Normie, though. I, you know what? If being a normie means loving your family and going to JC <laughs> and going to JC Penny, then I'm proud to be a normie. What if it means going to Coles? Yeah. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, uh like the the bits in England, they look like they look like the dailies for a period drama before they go in and do the color grading and make it look like a movie, but everything else just looks like it looks like a, 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 a an actual movie that's vivid and colorful got cancer, and this is in stage four. It is just wasting away and becoming... It is rotting from the inside out. There is a sickness in its soul. Not to Same. mention that, like in the in the beginning, like it does look. It's kind of pretty, you know. It's it's bad, you know. But you can you can see where they're coming from, and then all all goes to hell when they go to Wonderland. But then when Alice comes back to normie old England, it looks like dog shit. Like, you can see it's like, it's like a fucking Microsoft wallpaper in the background. It's fucking atrocious. <laughs> it's like the hills that the Teletubbies live on. Exactly. Like, Alice looks like a claymation figure, like, halfway through. Like, she's breaking through frames. Mm. Whew. Ugh. Ugh. And anyway, my espalling moment, since I'm not allowed to pick the whole fucking film, my espalling moment is gonna be... Uh, it's near the end of the film after they've killed the Baba Duke and <laughs> they're ready to, you know, quit being all weird. And so you know how in every kids movie at the end there's a scene where they dance because the kids, you know, like dancing and they want to see their fun characters yeah. do do a nice little dance. This over what was I saying? Yeah, so every kids movie near the end has like a scene where they dance like they did that but just for like a minute and you know i don't know what the i don't know what the fucking dance was called so i'm just going to call it the bullshit jitterbug <laughs> and you know i should teach you guys sign language so you don't try to mouth words at each other what are you talking about nothing's happening right now nothing yeah. out of the ordinary is happening mm, pay no attention anyway you're a very professional there's a second where he does this dumb little bullshit jitterbug and like music comes out of nowhere and he does it and i I screamed at the TV. <laughs> I yelled at it. I was so fucking angry because I hated it so much. This dumb little bullshit dance he does for a minute. He like break dances and his head <laughs> spins all the way around. But it's not like a fucking, uh, 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 like, you know, the omen type of evil thing. It's just like part of his dance move. It's certainly evil. I but... <laughs> Everything about this movie is evil. <laughs> like, I didn't know a, a movie could be a sin until... <laughs> Talk about cinema sins, am I right, oh, folks? Yeah. Oh, Tip your waiter. 
legitimately this movie was wrong <laughs> like this movie it was a war crime Whoa. but that particular scene where he dances i fucking hated so much i wanted to die <laughs> who's next solid. puff puff pass missile tell me your i ooh, ooh boy i'm gonna start off my high point because i'm a positive guy my high point was throughout the movie there's you know i i like to think of myself as a, as a child i have a child soul you know and there's some little slapstick comedy moments that happen like near the beginning like in the first tea party scene like if you pay no attention to Johnny Depp as the Mad Hatter, which you should, <laughs> in the background there's like the rabbit and whatever the fuck the mouse was. She was in the book. I don't know what the fuck was happening there. It's one of the lame as Rob ass fucking rabbit, whatever. Uh, if you pay attention to them, they like throwing like little sugar cubes at each other. It's really cute. And then in the beginning, like in the beginning when it happened, I was like, this is fucking trash. And then that happened, I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is kind of cute. I can accept this. But then you just keep watching and, oh my god. <laughs> But you know, I, I appreciate little slapstick comedy moments. It, it was it was cute and pleasant for like the five seconds it happened. It was a fleeting moment of joy in an otherwise painful world. Exactly. Like even people in prison have fun, you know. <laughs> and uh, whew, that's my only high. My only my only high point. I got a few low points. You guys want to hear about those? Hit us with one moment that you found a spalling. A spalling, huh? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um. Ooh. The Cheshire Cat is a very memorable character in the Alice in Wonderland story. Mm-hmm. Why are you looking through my wallet? <laughs> I'm fidgeting, okay? <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where I fidget with some shit and Neil yells at me for it. This is happening through the podcast where Eric steals my identity. <laughs> usually, usually we're in different states so I can't see him fidget. I'm a fidgety fucking guy. And you just unplug my phone. Oh, oh sorry. I anyway. didn't know. Get back to the oh, fucking yeah, podcast. This is podcast, right? right? Goddamn. Oh, I thought we were just pals having fun. No one here is professional. Uh, my spalling moment. Every fucking Cheshire Cat scene was fucking atrocious. We're swearing more than we usually do on the podcast, but this movie is the worst thing I've ever uh, witnessed. It was so... Like, first off, the animation, it was just, like, a, a, like a tube sock, like, a black and, like, blue tube sock, like, floating through the air, and, with like, with a weird face, like, a weird sock puppet floating through the air. Not to mention everything they said came from, like, that book at the gas station that's, like, ten, ten, eh, ten riddles to read throughout your road trip. <laughs> like, that's every single line that Cheshire Cat's ever said. I have to say, that's a very small amount of riddles to read on a road trip. <laughs> small amount of riddles to read on a road oh, trip. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Ooh, that was a nice one. Uh, yeah. Hey, well, audience, I apologize in advance for the audience. Apologize. <laughs> for, the, for the levels on this. You you might, there there might be peaks and valleys here, Just folks. run a compressor on it. I will. Oh, God. All right. And also, those aren't slaps that are actual high fives from yeah. just three bros having fun, having a good time. Just the boys cracking open a cold one. Oh, hell yeah. A cold All one right. called The Life and Career of Timothy Spall. Anyway, Neil, hit us with an espalling moment and oh. or a spall wonder. I'm going to follow the trend you you, you, you lads have set and uh, start off with my uh, spall wonder. Uh, in the beginning of this film, we've already mentioned that Alice falls down a hole and ends up in Wonderland. Falls down a hole. <laughs> <laughs> but when she house. falls down that hole, uh, she uh, she lands... On what appears to be a floor, but 
given that, but despite the shot looking like she is right side up, her hair is uh, going up to the ceiling, and the camera slowly rotates to show that she is, in fact, the upside down one, and it is the world, which is right side up. Whoa. Whoa. Then she falls, and Uh, I love that little moment. She falls. (laughs) She falls, and I love that little moment. Between the gravity being realized and the gravity taking effect, it's a very cartoonish little thing that uh, in a turgid, bloated, ponderous, pretentious, nauseatingly self-serious movie like this. Hey, that was my senior superlatives. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. A movie like this, that that sort of levity was very appreciated. It was cute, which I can appreciate. And my spalling moment. So, Crispin Glover, mm-hmm. he plays a knight named Stain, who works for <laughs> Helena Bottom it's Carter. His movie's a Stain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never forget, folks. Uh, uh, he plays Stain, a knight who works for the Red Queen, and he has the proportions of Slenderman, but that is not any relation <laughs> to the spalling moment here. Uh, there is a moment, uh, we didn't mention that Alice, uh, lies about her identity to get into the red... She doesn't lie about her identity, she just says who she is. The fucking thing is, she's the most one-dimensional character in the the whole goddamn world. Yeah, and, like, she, she's supposed to be, uh, the, the person who is part of this prophecy, but it turns out... That she doesn't believe she's part of the prophecy, and since she doesn't believe she's part of the prophecy, uh, the Red Queen does not notice that she is, in fact, part of the prophecy, and uh, just lets her into the castle, where she can get the, the fucking sword she needs. And during this bit in the castle, Stain, who has this weird sort of... Uh, Submissive relationship with the Red Queen, like hot. Not that is one thing that I will kink shame. It is it is haram to find any character in this sexually attractive. It it is like Mondays. It is it is verboten. What about the Cheshire Cat? Oh, he's a sock. Was there ever an Alice in Wonderland porno parody? Yes. Really? Yeah. Jesus. I don't like how you immediately knew that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next episode. Uh, <laughs> That's our bonus content. <laughs> uh, the reason I knew about it is that it came up very recently in the general discussion thread in Cinema Discusso, my favorite cinema discussion blog. They were Someone was talking about a local repertory theater doing a uh, fairy tales for adults thing, and someone complained that they were doing the porno parody instead of, like, Jean Spunkmeyer's Alice. <laughs> Like, way to be pretentious about a porno parody. Was Mr. Spall in it? <sighs> Jimothy Spall. Jimothy Spall. The porno parody or the... Yeah. I don't think he was in either. He directed I it. I don't think he was getting a lot of work <laughs> in the Czech Republic at the time Jan Schwankmeyer was working. Ah, I would be surprised. The dude gets a lot of work. Yeah, he, gets, he gets around. But yeah. anyway, despite this submissive relationship Stain has with the Red Queen, there's a bit in this film... Where he, uh, he, he gets Alice, who is larger than usual. Like, she goes through a lot of size changes. 
in one of the more weirdly fetishistic aspects of this film. There was so much in this movie that reminded me of weird fetish porn. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't want to talk about that, but this is not like the weirdest, most fetishistic movie. Oh, we've that's seen. why I'm here. <laughs> but yes, he he seems to be very taken. With with this giant woman, all he wants to do is see her turn into a giant woman. All he wants to see is what it would be like to be a giant woman. And so he, he pushes her up against the wall and starts sexually menacing her. And this gets him in trouble with the queen. And I am just, I'm just baffled at why any of that needs to be there. I don't know why they decided, okay, yeah, Crispin Glover, we'll make him a character in this, and we'll make him horny for the queen. (laughs) We'll make him horny for Alice, too, even though I think she's actually played by an underage person. I... Oof. No. No. Did you guys see the deleted scenes? God, <sighs> I'm no! Not, I'm not watching a single more second of this fucking movie than I have to. Well, good thing I did. <laughs> oh, no. Please give Christine, us your knowledge. You're Christine a fucking Glover. trooper. You're more important than the troops. Like you, <laughs> you, you are the podcast troop that we all spall port. <sighs> and I, I, I promise to our listeners to get a sticker with that up on Redbubble sooner Spec- rather than later. Specifically to one of our, you know, three listeners, uh, Tom. Who uh, specifically said he would buy that if we made it into a shirt or bumper sticker? I'm thinking like a trucker hat. <laughs> like Sadly, Redbubble does not allow. It does not give you the option for trucker hats. Trucker hats are haram. It'll let you do <laughs> leggings. It'll let you do duvets. It'll let you do uh, a, a mini skirt, but not a trucker hat. The Mad Hatter's gonna be pissed. Right, Sam, I'd love to have a small talk mini skirt. <laughs> I mean, that can be arranged. If you go to, I should probably set up a Spall Talk Red Bubble, but I do have the uh, the Spall Talk logo as a shirt, as leggings, as skirt, as a uh, a bag, as a sticker, as a wall hanging. Since the the file was big enough for me to do that, Jesus. Do Christ. I have permission to run your Etsy store? Oh. That would be that would be a good addition to the Spall Talk like, Empire, like a ha- handmade Spall Talk merchandise <laughs> from from my very 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 own bedroom. Yeah, yeah. This is our first bedroom pop um, <laughs> recording, by the way. This is a real lo-fi episode. Hell yeah! Yes, this is this is the Velvet Underground of podcasts. Only three people listen to it, but all of them are related to the hosts in some manner. <laughs> you guys really got to get on Bandcamp now. I mean, <laughs> uh, but anyway, one of the deleted scenes is one of the most like weird. It's a weird sexual tension between Alice and uh, Stain. Where, like, it's them two in a room, and it's, like, it's after the scene where, like, Alice talks to the Mad Hatter, and the Mad Hatter freaks the fuck out, and gets this weird, deep voice that comes out of nowhere. But it's, like, after that, and there's, like, talk for a while. It's really weird and out of place, which makes sense watch the lead scene. But, like, he just, like, keeps inching on closer, and our little naive Alice is in the corner, like, oh, me, you know? It's fucking, it's terrifying, to be honest. Tim Burton's a creepy motherfucker. Tim Burton is such a creep. He keeps having movies where his best friend kills his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I, given that Mia Wachowska 
Mia Mia Wachowski, Mia Mia something what, Polish. Wachowska? Mia Wachowski, the third Wachowski sister. Oh. She is. Uh, Are you not actually talking about one of the Wachowski sisters? No. Oh, then I, I was gonna make fun of you for mispronouncing Wachowski in the weirdest way. She's like the third Olsen sister, but for the Wachowskis, who have probably made more good movies than the Olsen sisters. Hey, New York Min is a great movie. I know, but there are uh, multiple Matrix movies. I have not seen um, New York Minute. <laughs> I forgot the movie that I referenced. <laughs> As of right now, Eric is on his phone Listen, playing some kind of mobile game. I'm, fucking, I'm fidgety. I'm going to do something. With I got hands. a fidget keeper right here somewhere if you want. I also have one in my car, but I forgot to bring it. Hold on. Anyway. Eric can't keep his fidget spinner in his pants. Here you go. <laughs> Oh, wow. There are two 24-hour Alcoholics Anonymous tokens. Oh, I thought this was... <laughs> I, th- I thought this was some Illuminati shit. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You know, I heard a story on a podcast about... I heard many, uh, but go on. This bar in Minneapolis. I forget the name of it, but uh, they would give you drinks if you cashed in AA tokens. <laughs> and uh, the... the, the... <laughs> The longer the token, the, the more drinks you'd get. Wow. I love that. That's, That's horrible, awesome. but I love that. Mind you, I've never been the AA. I'm just a server somewhere, and I got tipped I, I got tipped on two separate occasions an Alcoholics Anonymous token. So I'm starting my little collection. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. Oh. Uh, I, I quit drinking, like, at the beginning of, I want to say last year. Because I was like, I, I, I visited our parents for like two weeks and I'd promised one of my friends, okay, I'll stop drinking for two weeks because I had been uh, really sad mm-hmm. around that time. I was drinking a lot and uh, like a sucker, I didn't even get a chip out of it. Uh, I started drinking after watching this goddamn movie. Am I right? Am I right? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wish I had something to drink after watching this movie. Jeez. After I watched this movie, I shot heroin for the first time. <laughs> I was like... I mean, after you fall off, you gotta get back on the horse. <laughs> it's just un-American to quit by this point. <laughs> I hope they heard that. What you just heard was Eric flipping an AA token into the mic. Shut up. Okay, let's move on and talk about the goddamn movie. Uh, over here. Uh, we were talking about deleted scenes. And... I wish this whole movie was deleted. <laughs> yeah. That's the only deleted scene I remember. Sadly. Okay, I think we've finished talking about my spalling moment. So let's move on to the actual discussion of the film. I have first stopped... It's aesthetic. This is going to be hard to describe. You know it isn't. Because so many failings of this movie come down to the fact that it looks like humans did not create it. Like, there are there are shots in this movie where objects move that... It shouldn't be hard to make these objects move realistically. Like, you don't have to get a CG glove and wave it around. But they manage to make a CG glove that Crispin Glover waves around look like it is operating under some rules of physics that are not our own. There's a scene where a sword falls on the ground, and I don't know what the fuck it was doing, but it was not falling to the ground like an actual thing would fall to the ground in human reality. But like... movie. It's, it's <sighs> legitimately one of the ugliest movies I've ever seen. It's... One of the most, 
like I, I this is something that I've said about Suicide Squad. I called it like the most hot topic movie ever made, but I was so wrong because this is the most hot topic movie I've ever seen. Everything about this is like ugly in its own way. It's like this is the start of the hot topic movie cliche. Like yeah. this movie is the one that set it all. Thing is, like. I'm going to take my prophesied role as the Suicide Squad defender here. <laughs> I wrote like a 2,000 word article defending Suicide Squad on a movie website that is now defunct because the owner and operator lost all his friends in the aftermath of Trump's election because he was super into Trump. Ooh. Yeah. But. What site was that? Medium? Uh, oh, no. Smug oh. Film. Mm. Uh, the owner Shrug has now, uh, the owner has recently opened a new site called Cody's Right. <laughs> and I gotta say, Cody what, is right. <laughs> what a, what a confidence it shows in your ideas when you have to name your outlet, I'm right. <laughs> oh god. But anyway, Suicide Squad is, it is certainly a garish movie, but I would not say that it's an ugly movie. It, it it certainly works in very broad, vivid strokes, but there are character designs that are they they make an aesthetic sense of their own. Like I have an action figure of Harley Quinn from that movie because I genuinely like that character design. It expresses her character in these vivid colors, and there are some interesting choices that you know reflect her personality as a New York asshole, like. How can you look at those Adidas high heels that she is wearing and not have at least some sort of insight into what her character is supposed to be from that? I mean, my God. I need some Adidas high heels. But, like, <laughs> this film, I, I, can, I can see with Suicide Squad the entire, the entire product not working as a mishmash of all these different aesthetics, but the problem is nothing in Alice in Wonderland works on its own, and having that many broken pieces fitting into a larger jigsaw puzzle just makes... It makes the ugliness of that larger jigsaw puzzle mm -hmm. even worse. See, the thing about um, about uh, Suicide Squad was that it was a bunch of, like, bad... A bunch of decent to good movies that got mixed together in their component parts to make a terrible movie. There's no good movie hitting inside Alice in Wonderland. Uh, there's to... Pan's Labyrinth, there's okay. the Lord of the Rings it's movies. It's so strikingly similar to the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, in what way? It's like, the, uh, more than like the plot line, kind of. Like, Chronicles of Narnia is very similar to whatever the fuck Alice in Wonderland was trying to do. <laughs> but, uh, Roby. Okay, so it's similar in that it's trying to be a hero's journey. Pretty much, yeah. I know, I know I had a, um, small wonder, but, like, there's legitimately nothing about this movie that I enjoyed or thought was good. But, yeah, like, and not only are the character designs just baffling and ugly, like, we've already mentioned Stain and his Slenderman-esque mm -hmm. proportions. In fairness, I don't know if that was CG or if that's just what Crispin Glover looks like. <laughs> Do you think he really has the heart eye patch on? Probably. He's kind of, <laughs> he's kind of a weird dude. Like, I'm just glad Crispin Glover's getting work. Like, unlike Johnny Depp, who's, like, doing it to be famous, 
Crispin Glover is legitimately a weirdo. I have to say, in the background, Mitchell has opened up Google Images and is just looking through pictures of Lil Yachty, and I'd like to say, that's beautiful. I'm trying to find a a specific picture of Lil Yachty. I'm Lil Yachty, and I came to get them. Anyway, like, I want to talk about Anne Hathaway's character. I don't know what her name was. was I was actually trying to get to something about, like, the colors in this movie, like, not not just the character designs, but the colors used to shoot scenes. Like, none of these choices are right. Like, it will go from scenes with very vivid primary color designs, like the Red Queen's Castle, the Red Queen's uh, Throne Room has a lot of very vivid reds and blues, but then it will go to scenes where I can only describe the color palette as this movie is dying of jaundice. Like, it is... <laughs> It is a movie that feels sick. It, it 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 looks like it is rotting from the inside. It there are not only are this are the environments they're full of dead trees and dead grass, but like the colors that the sky is are just it's the color of bile. It was a very interactive experience because towards the end of the movie, it looked the way I felt. <laughs> And not only does it does it have a horrifying color scheme, you've mentioned the way the camera moves. This this feels like a, a licensed video game. Like, just keep talking. Like, I'm having trouble organizing my thoughts yeah. here. It's it's a it's an overwhelming movie. Okay. Yes, yes. Plus, it can always hit uh, truncate silence. But like the the way the camera moves. It it feels like a licensed video game. Like you're you're going through the cutscenes and there are QTEs, and I I don't know if I've already mentioned this on the podcast or if I mentioned this in the pre-discussion, but the scene where the Jub Jub Bird picks up Tweedledee, <laughs> picks up Tweedledee and Tweedledum. It it feels like a a on rails shooter segment is about to begin. Like this is the segment of the Alice in Wonderland video game where it starts being Star Fox or the Gummy Ship segments in Kingdom Hearts. Gotta say, I was a very big fan of the Alice in Wonderland video game. There was a game called Alice Madness Returns, which I played the hell out of. Is that the rad. sequel to American McGee's Alice? Yeah, it was. I I compared that to American McGee's Alice, but the thing is, American McGee's Alice. It has its own aesthetic, and it is not trying to pull from Pan's Labyrinth and the 50s movie at the same time and ending up with a... a it's a it's like vomit with flowers in it. Same. When we do the follow-up to this, we should call it Alice Badness Returns. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to get taken down. Alice Sadness Returns. <laughs> I hate you. Well, yeah. By the way, I forgot to mention that since this is Spall Talk Goes to Hell, Eric, of course, is our Dante, Mitchell is our Virgil, which makes me Bayonetta. <laughs> you look good in those heels. Bayonetta is what the dog was called in this movie. To the strong <laughs> I, I, I hate to bring this bring this conversation back to uh, Timothy Spall, but his dog character, whatever the fuck his name was, Bayard, Bayard Bay, uh, fucking Virgil looked atrocious it was like the worst cgi dog it's the only I, dog mitchell couldn't love i love dogs <laughs> i adore all kinds of dogs 
I wanted my dog to be a special guest on this podcast, <laughs> but I gotta good God. <laughs> I'm glad the dog is not a special guest on this podcast because I'm afraid of dogs. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I was bitten by one on the lip when I was like oh. seven. Oh, no. My dog's very sweet and very small. It's and really dumb, dumb as though. hell. My dog is the not smart. <laughs> I miss your other dog, Daisy. Daisy was the laziest dog in the world. Daisy would not move. Daisy would do this really cool thing where I'd be like, hey, come here, Daisy. And then she would trot on over, stop, and then just kind of collapse and like fall asleep wherever she was. Which made very, which made Daisy, which, eh, which made me and Daisy very similar to each other. Daisy was like Columbo's dog, but like even slower. Speaking of Timothy Spall, I, I'm always in favor of you bringing it back to his life, baby. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's your little yachty quotient for this episode. I'll come up again. I'll I'll do anything I can to bring the conversation back to Lil Yachty. I hate that Lil Yachty is younger than me. <laughs> Lil Yachty is younger than most of us, and he is more successful than we are ever going to be. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I will never be in a Sprite commercial that somebody calls gay in a movie theater. <laughs> I'm never gonna go to the Grammys. Even I'm if never, I'm invited. I'm never going to have my own Bart Simpson medallion that he wears around his neck and has the same Cheeto-colored hair as him. I'm never going to be loved <laughs> like Liliati. I thought it was Gucci Mane that had the Bart Simpson chain. Oh, no, he has one. I have it on Snapchat. I look him up like every five minutes. Maybe there are multiple Bart Simpson chains. Rick Ross has a chain that's Rick Rosser and a chain of Rick Ross. Nice. What are you going to do that with Timothy Spall? Like, <laughs> Timothy Spall, where I can share Timothy Spall? There's going to be Timothy Spall wearing a chain of me. <laughs> when he finds out about this podcast, becomes a giant fan. By the way, have any of you listened to uh, Teenage Emotions? I've listened to it so many times. I, I don't think it starts off well, but I think it does have, like, a good stretch near the end. You see, I disagree. I think it started off very well. I, I was a very big fan of, like, the first, like... The first 30 minutes of his hour-long <laughs> ballad. <laughs> but, I don't know, near the end, it kind of dropped off of me, personally. What I'm saying is that I don't really like Peekaboo, but I love, like, Made of Glass, Bring It Back, some of the more dancey tunes. And that right. one about his mother at the end. That was so sweet. Yeah. Little guy's a sweetheart. Like, at, at the tail end of this album, it felt like, because uh, apparently Lil B is one of Lil Yachty's favorite rappers. Like, I'd made jokes about his stuff feeling like Lil B stuff, but... That seems like it might be intentional, and like at the end of that album feels like the Lil B inspired rap album that Lil B, but taken in a more mainstream direction. I feel that. I I feel like we are on the cusp of a new wave of uh, based rappers. Oh yeah. Even though white nationalists are trying to make based a bad thing. See, I that's the wonderful thing about Lil Yachty is that we could have separate opinions, but we both know it's good. And they're both very different things. Like Peekaboo and um, Harley, they're very like fun, you know, dan- not really dancing, but they're very fun, you know, make you smile kind of tracks. And then near the end, he kind of he, he he lays down the law and gets serious about his mother. And I like the singing tracks. I don't really like the ones where he tries to rap. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I know it's terrible, and I know it's not that good, but goddamn, it makes me smile on the bad days. Also, not a big fan of Migos, so the track with Migos on it, I was like... What track was that? Peekaboo. Peekaboo, yeah. That is also yeah. the track where he says, his new bitch yellow, she blow my dick like a cello. Alright, you don't want to get me started on that, because there are so <laughs> many worse lines in Teenage Emotion. My uh, favorite part is where he's like, if I lose you, then I'm a dumb dude. 
<laughs> if I lose you, then I'm the dumb dude. Awesome, though, so I don't know. Uh, there's lines. Oh, my God. It's so... He's an artist. No, he's the next Kanye West. 100% Pretty sure he's the next Lil B. I mean... I don't know. I think Lil B is already already the next Lil B. I don't think there's any there's gonna be anyone else like Lil B. I'm excited for Lil Yachty to like do some real weird shit in the next yeah. couple years. <laughs> I kind of want Lil Yachty to make the uh, the rock style transition to to movies. Like he could become Ice Cube. Oh, I want except to, I want uh, him to have a rock transition into pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I would like to see Lil Yachty hang out with the New Day in the ring. Oh man. 15 by 15 by 15 room. Lil Yachty and Lil B. Who comes out alive? <laughs> I think they the both come out alive with the greatest album of the millennium. <laughs> the Willennium. Uh, I think the Willennium has passed after Suicide oh, Squad and Collateral Beauty. Have you seen Collateral Beauty? I've seen Collateral Beauty. Oh my god, you gotta see Collateral Beauty. Did yeah. you hear me talking about it on the episode of Spall Talk where I, I talked not. about it? Ooh, oh. That was the episode where I uh, realized that my um, mic cord was, like, really long, so I walked all the way to the mini-fridge and got a snack, <laughs> not listening to what Neil was talking about, and I missed a huge <laughs> section of this Thunder Collateral of Beauty, and then I came back and put the headphones in, and I was like, yeah, okay. I get oh, what you mean. Collateral Beauty. It's a fucking mess. Yeah? Like, imagine a Hallmark commercial that, like, every ten minutes... Uh, has a monologue about the death of a child. Maybe I have seen. Is that really the one where like he has like three angels or some shit like that? Uh, love, death, and time. I have seen it. <laughs> I lied to you. I have. Seen, I got confused with um the other one, American the other Beauty. bad Will Smith movie that came out recently. Uh, I Seven Pounds. It. Yeah, that's the one. Right. Yeah. God, that's the one where he kills himself with a jellyfish. <laughs> that's the way I want to go. <laughs> Uh, Welcome to the official Will Smith podcast. Uh, What's the most recent? What's the worst Will Smith movie that you saw in theaters? In theaters, Collateral Beauty. No, it wasn't Collateral Beauty for me. What was it? I'm gonna look it up. Mine is probably a tie. It's either Suicide Squad or um. Oh no, shit! I saw Men in Black Two at the drive-in. Did you? Yeah. Okay, it's Men in Black Two or it's Suicide Squad. It's not Concussion. Concussion is Men in Black Three. I kind of liked Men in Black 3, honestly. Okay. Gotcha. I didn't know if you got confused. I didn't one. see it in theaters. I saw that, uh, you know, from the rental place. When I was a kid, I saw Men in Black 2 at the mm-hmm. drive-in. Huh. I don't know. I kind of liked Men in Black 3. I didn't think it was that bad. I enjoy time travel. <laughs> I enjoy Pitbull. And he did a song for Men in Black 3. <laughs> I like the dog in Men in Black. Where his name was. He was pretty sassy. Yeah. You guys want to take a break so I can... um. Go get my fidget cube from the car and stop fucking with stuff in Missile's room. <laughs> I swear I have a fidget cube right here somewhere. Hold on. Alright, cool. We'll be back after, you know, this break. See you in whatever the hell Neil says. We'll be back in two and two. Bye. I'm in love with the girl. Somebody else And she doesn't pay attention To anybody else I'm losing my mind I'm losing myself 
I keep cutting off girls Cause I wanna be with you But you don't even see me Am I made up of glass? You don't even see me here I do a million things for your attention And you don't even notice, no Am I made up of glass? Do you see straight through me? Do you not want to be What we once talked about? I'm losing it Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, where uh, there's a chili contest, and uh, the father of the family wins it, because he doesn't skimp on the meat. He can't skimp on the meat, folks, and I I got an eye for quality meat. Was he Nixon? <laughs> he might as well have been. What do you think Nixon was like his dad? Bad. See, the thing about horror movies is, like, I don't watch them for, like, terror scares, but there are some things that, like... I like the feeling of, like, just a quiet unsettlingness. Like, my favorite scene in Hellraiser is this scene where, um, I think the daughter has an apparition in the middle of the night that's Frank, the Hellraiser guy, like, standing over her bed, and he's skinning a rat. Mm -hmm. And the skin of the rat flops over, and it just looks disgusting, and everything about it is creepy. That's fair. That's good. That's a good scene. You ever read Dance Macabre? No. It's um, Stephen King's book about the horror genre. It's really good. Is it? I'll lend you my copy. I need to read more. That's what I need to do. Probably. I've been reading a lot since I don't have a job. <laughs> Recently yeah. finished Catch-22. Talking about horror stories. I gotta say, it uh, it wore out its welcome like a hundred pages before it ended. <laughs> because there's only so much time I can spend reading about, oh... This horny army guy was shitty to a woman. Isn't that funny? Oh, this other shitty army guy threw a woman out a window after raping her. Isn't that funny? Brutal. Yeah. God. Yeah, and it... Not only does that wear out its welcome, the whole... Oh, isn't military life uh, self-contradictory and weird? Mm -hmm. That also kind of runs low. Yeah. It's a pretty good book. (laughs) What's, like... I, what's so, like okay? I've never seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre one. Mm-hmm. Neither have I. I've never seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. The only Texas Chainsaw Massacre I've seen is like the new, the newer one. And I fell asleep to it. I like that a lot. I haven't seen it, but I like that the title is Texas Chainsaw. Like yeah. not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like yeah. there's no murder involved. There's just like there's a chainsaw in Texas, and it's like wow. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a really boring movie. The whole, it's two hours of just like a shed <laughs> where there's like a chainsaw on a shelf and then next to it is a map of Texas with like you are here thing so you know it's legit. It's like, wow. Chainsaw in Texas. Wow. Incredible. Was it like the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre? When was that made? The 1970s. Uh, Texas Chainsaw 2 was made like a decade later. 1920. Oh, wow. It I was made a decade later because Toby Cannon Hooper, film, yeah, it? Toby Hooper was working at Canon and he was doing these these weird sort of more broad comedic movies. He did this movie called Invaders from Mars, and apparently it's really weird. And he also did this movie called Life Force, which has Patrick Stewart in it, and it's about space vampires. And from everything I've heard about it, it's completely wild. That's awesome. Yeah, I bought the Blu-ray sight unseen after seeing uh, 
the Electric Boogaloo documentary about Canon Films. Hell yeah. That's a good it's movie. I've made so many people watch that movie. <laughs> like two, but I've made them watch it multiple times. I was one of those two. They kept fall- falling asleep, so I was like, we're going to watch this again. Spalling asleep. Ugh. Spalling in love. Good- yeah, like, there's a thing I've noticed where, like... I've noticed many things, but keep going. I, I have this tendency where I like weird 80s sequels more than the originals. Okay. Like... I love Texas Chainsaw 2. I love Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I love Gremlins 2. Oh, I fucking I was about I to ask what your opinion, opinion is on Gremlins 2. I like Robocop 2, even though it is a very subpar version of what is my favorite, one of my favorite movies ever. It's like top five, dead or alive. <laughs> and Gremlins 2 was uh, the movie that taught me you're not supposed to put metal in the microwave. <laughs> I think of that every <laughs> single time I'm in like. I'm at work and I have to put something in the microwave. I'm like, shouldn't put metal in there. I think about that every single goddamn time. He put so much metal in that microwave. It's pretty great. There's like a cooking show happening. First of all, why do they have a microwave on a cooking show? <laughs> I adore Gremlins. For defrosting. I love the Gremlins movies so goddamn much. But I think like the most obscure 80s sequel that I love <laughs> is Shock Treatment. Are you aware of Shock Treatment? I'm Mitchell? aware of it. I've never seen it. Spock Treatment. It's so good. Like, yeah. I don't really like Rocky Horror all that much, even though it was, like, a, a weird sort of formative experience, because I saw it way too young. Oh, okay. So did I. I watched it when I was ele- in elementary school, and I only recently remembered why we watched Rocky Horror so young. It was because they had an episode where they went to go see Rocky Horror in an episode of the Drew Carey Show, <laughs> which we watched, like, every night as kids. I yeah, remember, we had it, like, I, it DVR'd, like, two episodes a day. I remember we had, um, this was before we even had a DVR, but I remember our bedtime was like 10 o'clock, but we were like, but mom, Drew Carey show is on at 10 o'clock. So like, okay, you can watch Drew Carey show before bed. And like, okay, but whose line is it anyway? Is it 1030? (laughs) So our bedtime was 11 (laughs) o'clock. That's probably why we didn't get such good grades in school. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I bullied him. That's probably why I still can't sleep. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know much about me. Now. But yeah, like Rocky Horror, it it has its moments, but it really fizzles out like midway through. Like the entire final act is just that's true. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. Like shock treatment, even though like there was a a big strike at the time, so what was supposed to be like a, a bigger movie is scrunched into one soundstage. They made that work because the entire film is diegetically set in a soundstage. The soundstage is the town of Denton, Texas. Nice. Yeah, Farley Flavors, the mayor, lives in, like, this booth above the studio. Best like there's death metal band out of Denton. Yeah, and, like, there's a house inside the studio where, like, uh, Janet's family lives. And they recast Janet for this one. Have you seen, uh... Have you seen Suspiria, the Dario Argento movie? Yeah. Jessica Harper from that is Janet in Shock Treatment. Okay. I need to watch more movies. You do. Yeah. And she's got... We'll switch for a year and I'll watch a bunch of movies and you'll read a bunch of books. Ooh, okay. And, like, she's got a much better voice than Susan Sarandon did in the first one. Okay, but was she a vocal Bernie supporter? (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm not sure even sure if she's still alive. That's just how I judge celebrities now. Like, I didn't really like Shailene Woodley all that much, because she's 
I've only seen her in like one movie, which I thought was pretty good, and she was also in some movies that I've heard were bad. Mm-hmm. But like, she got arrested at the Standing Rock protest, and she's a Bernie supporter, so she's extremely good. Like, <laughs> she's the best actress of our generation. Yeah, she should get some Oscars for something. Like, even though both the uh, second and third Run the Jewels albums had no effect on me, I still support LP and Killer Mike. <laughs> They created one of my favorite albums of the uh, 21st century. Which was? Killer Mike's Rap Music. Ooh. Yeah. It's the first time they came together with Mike as the rapper and L as the producer. Okay. And that works much better than L doing raps because he's not good, great. at it. No. I've like just gotten into rap music and like hip hop in general, to be honest. I listened to a song for the first time on the drive here. It's like, what the hell is this? And it was like music. And I was like, this sounds like bullshit. It's like a caveman, like knocking his like mallet against the radio. Like, stop. (laughs) It it was the first scene of 2001 played in miniature. (laughs) Yeah, like I just got into like weird hip hop music. And I'm weird, like just regular hip hop music. My my music changed. You can touch this. My music changes. Mm -hmm. My music. I still remember when I introduced you to Andrew Jackson Jihad. That, what do you mean? I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> he was wearing an AJ shirt, AJJ shirt at this moment. <laughs> yeah, I first got into like weird rap music before I got into regular rap music. Like right. I got into weird rap music because I went to the music board on 4chan uh-huh. and they had a thread where like you could download this MF Doom uh, Danger Mouse album, and I was like, hmm, sounds interesting. Then I listened to it, and it's uh, it's. It's. I believe they made it for Adult Swim, and so like all the songs are about Adult Swim shows. Oh, like even though that. even though I had no context for a lot of them, I listen I... to that at work because my manager keeps putting it on. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Crystal's crazy. <laughs> but like, there's like Rest a fantastic Crystal. Ghostface Killiverse on there. That's the blast of a hyperverse. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to more music. And like, that's what really got me, me into rap music. Like, I went from there to Cool Keith. Like I kept, I was like a backpacker for so long, and now I've just started getting into oh, future. It's pretty good. Is future good. Future, future is intermittently good. I the like future is going to be bad. <laughs> I like Mask Off. Uh-huh. I like parts of his newest albums, but I really like Dirty Sprite too. Okay, Dirty Sprite Two is like his best work. Oh, okay. Yeah, I need to listen more. <laughs> the only, like, real rapper I listen to is Lil Yachty, because he's the only true rapper out there right now in the game. <laughs> he's he's way better than all these mumble crap rappers. <laughs> all these mumble crap rappers. <laughs> like J. Cole, Logic, Tupac Shakur. I don't, extraction. I don't know anything about um, anything, really. Yeah, really. But you know that. Don't I know don't... much. <laughs> I don't know anything about J. Cole apart from, like, memes that I've seen about J. Cole. J. Cole memes and counter J. Cole memes. Uh, J. Cole has, like, the worst, even worse than the Childish Gambino verse I mentioned on an earlier episode. It's, like, the worst rap verse I've ever heard. I tried to tell you about it when we were talking about Eminem. Oh, is that the one that's, like... Yes. Yeah. It's the one where he's like, my AK slave faggots. And I don't mean no disrespect whenever I say faggot. Okay, faggot? Uh, something or other. If you want to get fucked in the ass, that's between you and whoever else's ticket is. Pause. That was a little too far. Just a little joke to show how, how homophobic you are. And who can blame you? Boy, my world. I'm trying to find a new Topanga. 
And like the contact. I'm more impressed that you like laid that out like yeah. hard. <laughs> like I, I I forgot about that little bit in the middle, but the rest of it yeah. committed to memory. Got it. Because it's it's, to it's not it. even it's not even like the content of that verse, which is bad enough on its own. Uh-huh. It's like the the like the fact that he's saying faggot was such abandoned. Like that's that's not. Ugh. Yeah. But like the fact that. This is on the track Illuminati, which I believe is the first track on his album Born Sinner, and the beat samples uh, Biggie, oh. uh, Born Sinner, the opposite of a winner, and that's like this is the 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 the, the, the thesis statement for this album. Like he's named it after this, he's named it after the sample, so he's saying, "I'm the new Biggie." You want to hear what my my verses <laughs> are that that lead me to be compared to Biggie? It's uh, it's a thing where I say faggot, and then I walk back on that. So I look like a homophobe who doesn't even have the courage of his convictions. And then I make a shitty Boy Make World reference to get myself out of that. Like, like it's wow. even more than the content of that verse and the context of that verse. It's that transition out. That, and who can blame you? Boy Mates World, I'm trying to find a new Topanga. That really... He grinds my gears. Good God. That's the thing. The thing about J. Cole is like he's, he's builds himself as like a, a socially conscious rapper, right? Doesn't he? Yep. Okay. The worst, I don't know who this was. It's just something that comes on at work sometimes. But the worst socially conscious bad rap that I've heard is this, this song that keeps coming on. And um, the only few lines I remember is... Uh, with all due disrespect, I think the American flag was designed by fags. <laughs> and then the, it has the single, like, every time I hear this fucking line, I groan because he's like, who would have thought the genesis would mean the genealogy of ISIS? Like, Shut the fuck oh my up. god. Yeah. Oh. That that sounds like a logic line. Oh, That's a, he drops. He meant he uses the herstory line instead of history, and oh. he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I love rap music. I'm gonna look up this. This oh. I love being a millennial. Like there are there are some contexts in which like like I I can not necessarily forgive, but like overlook it. Mm-hmm. Because of like all the rest of the things the song is good at, like if you've ever listened to "Death Certificate" by Ice Cube, probably I probably have. Like, so there are a few tracks that are just scathingly misogynist. There's a few tracks that are blitheringly racist against Asians, and like "No Vaseline" is who boy, it's yeah. it's homophobic. Anti-Semitic it's the whole package, but at the same time, he's got bars. Same time, he's Ice Cube. Yeah, like I, I, Ice Cube was like the best part about NWA. Yep, as evidenced by the fact that as soon as he left, it went straight to shit. Yeah, uh, and like the best thing Dre has ever done is appear on Good Kid, Mad City. I'm gonna throw out some a brave tweet mm-hmm. not that big a fan of kendrick Ooh, that's a hot take it is, it is right not doesn't do it for me i Ooh, just yes, can't 
I've listened to like every like Kendrick Kendrick release on Spotify, <laughs> and I just can't nothing of it. Like I like it, I enjoy it. I'll sit mm-hmm. I'll sit next to it and be like, yeah, this is that. Nah. Like I I can understand where you're coming from. Like damn, there are good tracks on there, but as a whole, it doesn't really work for me. Yeah, like to pimp a butterfly. I don't think I've had the urge to revisit it, but Good Kid, Mad City. I, I I would I would say it has a case for album of the millennium. It is really? it is that good to me. Millennium. <laughs> I, I don't know. We all I know big not, Billy sounds down the millennium. I've legitimately only listened to most music in the context of what they play when I'm at work. But there are a few uh, Kendrick tracks that I really like. Essentially, there's two on to Pimp a Butterfly. I like King Kunta a lot. And I really like uh, I, which is the one that goes, I love myself. I listen to that a lot, but I don't like how the entire last minute, it just turns into a skit. Like, I just skip that completely. Yeah, I I love the single version of I. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with the album version of I in terms of where it is in the story of the album as a whole. I have not listened to the album as a whole, in all honesty. I'm bad at listening to music. I set myself a goal that I'll listen to one album in its entirety every week this year, which is not a big goal. And I've been, I've missed like a few weeks. Have you listened to Flood Network yet? No. Who's that? I knew it. I knew it. Katie, Katie Day. Oh no. I did listen to a few tracks of that. Yeah. And then I didn't listen to the rest of it. That's fair. I had other stuff to do. If I wasn't, how'd you like it? I liked what I heard. It was interesting yeah it's very it's the kind of music that i listen to and i'm like i gotta give this a few more listens before i can form an opinion yeah katie day in 2016 released flood network which is my album of the year for like i still come back to it like at least once a week like it's it's 30 it's not like it's a pretty short it's only like 32 minutes long but like one long continuous track with like intermissions after every after each song it's very much i'm like you push you know play let's do the whole thing and then restart it's fucking, it's incredible. It's one of the best albums, like, I've legitimately ever heard. I love it so goddamn much, but it's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, if I had to pick an album of the year so far, I mean, most of the albums I've been excited for this year have been, like, disappointments. Like, damn, I loved Humble. The album as a whole didn't really care for. I also like Humble. I listen to Humble a lot. Sit down. Uh, I was really excited for the new Power Bottom album, and then, uh, and then ooh, everything please. happened at once. Everything happened that was so much. Shit show. Yeah, I, I I still have it downloaded on my phone, and I I have not been able to bring myself to yeah. either delete it or listen to it. I've not been able to bring myself to listen to uh, Ugly Cherries either, even though there are like like three songs on there I would put in like the most meaningful songs to me. Mm-hmm. Like serving Goffman, it it just bangs. Yeah, hell yeah. What a fucking shit show. But yeah. What a fucking like three days that was. Goddamn. But yeah. So I'd have to say my album of the year so far is uh, you only you I believe it's you only live twice by Freddie Gibbs. Isn't Freddie Gibbs the kid from iCarly? <laughs> Also, I'm looking at the audacity levels, and this looks like it's not picking up anything. I I checked it. I'm gonna have to put up the gain and do some processing. Like really... it, it's picking up. It's kind of soft. 
It's certainly picking us up when you're loud, uh, but it's... I'll scream. It's taking a minute to load, but I have found the song I was talking about. It's called Threatening Nature by Absol. Uh, Absol, by Absol, yeah. That guy. The song is a dark, brooding track and details Absol's reflections on religion and the Christian faith, a common theme in his lyrics. Oh, boy. <laughs> and as well, whether or not the American flag was was designed by fags. Wow. Music sucks. I hate music. I hate. I've actually been meaning to listen to that Absol album because he's uh, another top dog entertainment guy. And I like Schoolboy Q. I like Kendrick. But everything I've heard from Absol has not struck me right. Mm -hmm. the The one verse of his that really sticks out in my mind is, Are you a lesbian or a librarian? I know you got room for this dick. Shinari. Oh god. Oh god. Said that to Mr. Shinari. <laughs> English teacher from my high school. <laughs> I never got time for this dick, Shinari. And he's like, okay, it's actually a I'm like, who, are, who the fuck are you? Get out of my classroom. <laughs> I'm calling the police. Oh. God. I wonder if Blacker still thinks of us. Oh, definitely. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's the line. It's it's the second verse that, that starts coming up. Uh, way back when I was in grade school, I learned about history. But what about her story? Did anybody ask? Hmm. With all disrespect, I think the American flag was designed by fags. I had it locked before the spotlight. I had a I got a gold key and Benjamin Franklin's kite. I'm bright. This high power shit is limitless. You trying to fuck a model when I'm trying to deflower Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> Just to be precise, <laughs> who knew that Genesis really meant the genealogy of Isis? This shit really ridiculous. Jesus. I, the I, chicken I, came before the egg is my hypothesis, and this ain't an album, it's an algorithm. Yeah. Hell yeah. So wait. He really didn't say religious? That, ju- that was just Ugh. my mind filling in that rhyme? No, it was ridiculous. Ugh. God. Bro, you're gonna, when are you going to enter the rap game? In 66 books in the Bible, they ain't let a lady say one word. Hillary Clinton is out somewhere trying to get ahead in the Senate. I'm getting ahead and I'm sitting. <laughs> <laughs> like, there are bits in there that, Hell yeah. that I really like. I like oh, that deflower queen. Is it, is it you trying to fuck a model? I'm trying to deflower Queen Elizabeth. Is that what you're a fan of? You listen to that and I'm like, yeah, that shit bangs. That's the tight stuff. That's what I'm looking for. That's XXL class freshman of the year level. That's real good stuff. That's, you're looking for that? Is that what you're looking for? That album of the year for you? I, it, it's the kind of weird, clever, out of nowhere thing that I think I'd find on like a, a, a decent Ghostface Killer track. Like his sort of, like that would be like his, his, his C level tossed off rhyme but this is in the context of oh i'm woke i'm woke i'm so woke that i use the word fag to describe the founders just to be precise who knew that genesis really (laughs) meant the genealogy of isis i mean this shit ridiculous speaking of shit that's ridiculous how about alice in wonderland oh 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 i don't want to talk about that i want to talk about Uh, bad rap music No such thing as bad rap music, Proby. This rap music you don't like yet. <laughs> as something Tom said. There. I didn't know I didn't even know we were recording until now. 
Oh, yep. hi. Didn't see you there. <laughs> oh, hi. Didn't see you there. John Dumcher, I'm Gilfazan. Anyway, let's talk stuff. Welcome back to the official Minecraft podcast. So we talked about just how vile the aesthetics are in Alice in Wonderland. Vile aesthetic is my rap name. How about the acting? Um, the acting was bad. You've got Johnny Depp who's doing his horrible Johnny Depp thing. You've got Alice who's wooden as hell. Uh, see, the thing about... At the beginning, you have her being, like, too... Either too woke or just, like, too random XD for life in normie old England. But, like, it's not really sold. Like, they don't... She she reads the lines as if she's literally sleepwalking. I'm like, not about history, but what about history? <laughs> Did anybody ask? But no, like, it, it really seems like... By the way, I just realized, that's not a question. I think the American flag was designed by facts. It's not a question that you ask. Grammar hammer. Anyway, with all disrespect... <laughs> like, her... The she's it's not grounded enough in reality in like England that when they go to Wonderland it's not much of a transition because it hasn't really set up a normal world. She's always got like I don't know. She's always drifting somewhere. Like she's she's not. I don't know. You know what I'm talking. I do. I I understand what you mean because I'm always drifting. Around these tight hairpin corners on Japanese mountainside roads. I thought we were going to Tokyo Drift, which is a better movie. <laughs> than Initial D. <laughs> hey, this so Initial List D. I'm <laughs> walking out. The thing about Alice so is that she's already a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> How many of y'all like sex? She's already a very naive character in the Same. book and everything else ever. But... Mia, what's her name? Mia Wachowska. Kalifa. Her story. She like she freaks into a whole another another level where she's literally she looks and she sounds just like a blank piece of paper. Like she's Mm -hmm. very one dimensional. Mm -hmm. Like there's a difference between the naive and one dimensional. And she's like she shows no emotion during the entire movie, which is just. I have to say, though, Anne Hathaway's look was legit, like, four years ahead of her time. Because, like, that, she looks like a pale Tumblr blog where you have the people with, like, pale skin, dyed blonde hair, the septum piercing, and, like, black lipstick. I think That's I saw like, a Sia video or, like, a Sia video. Yeah, let's see what she looks like. And, like, she looks like a goth version of Khaleesi. <laughs> a health goth version of Khaleesi. Oh, that should God. be health goth. <laughs> probably could you be goth uh probably i mean i still have all my black clothes you that's all you wear is black clothes and yeah. hawaiian shirts it's honestly i yeah she actually does kind of look like harley quinn like with yeah, the, the makeup bit. game yeah, i can see it man i mean she job security <laughs> oh god so yeah the acting wasn't great um Was there anyone who did a good job? Um. Oh. No. I no. I don't think there's anyone who did a good job, but I think there are specific bad jobs we can really talk about. Yeah. Ooh. Like, 
have we mentioned Johnny Depp's weird I don't... Scottish accent that key like it, it it doesn't even come in at like key moments. It's like some scenes he decides to have it, some scenes he doesn't. It's it varies from shot to shot yeah. whether he's trying to be William Wallace or not. <laughs> it's like in Lord of the Rings where they gave Orlando Bloom those bright blue contact lenses but only remember to put them in half the time. So he like legit in half the shots has brown eyes and in half the shots <laughs> has like, it's like that, but with accents. <sighs> and like, there are so many shots of just his face. And I'm not even sure he's trying a particular facial expression. It's just him. Ooh, and it's like just, you. It's just so creepy, especially because he looks like if Carrot Top was playing the Joker. <laughs> First of all, this would legitimately be a much better movie if it was Carrot Top. That's just my opinion. I That's is, your spall take. That's my that's my spall take. Halfway through, like whatever line he's doing, it looks like he literally forgets. Mm-hmm. Like he forgets what line he's about to say, where he just goes blank and stares off. Which I know like that's what his character is supposed to do. I guess mm-hmm. that's what he's supposed to look like, but it literally, like, it looks like he forgets, and then like he stumbles back on toward the fucking. So to say. you guys know like the the origins of the term Mad Hatter and the phrase Mad as a Hatter. I believe so. Yeah, it's it's you know for those listening who aren't aware, uh, it's because in hat making you would use mercury to make like the brims stand up. And like you wouldn't notice just like wearing a hat, but if you were ma- if you made hats as like a job, you'd be subjected to it much more, and it, it drove people crazy. He looks and sounds like in preparation for the role, he gave himself mercury poisoning, <laughs> and then he Ugh. put that like lead dust on his face that people put in the eighteen hundreds to make That's him look cocaine. Pale. He must have gotten so many vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. What about um the Queen of Hearts? She was she was pretty good. Right? Ah, she screeched like an eagle like every five minutes. It was god, great. Ah, at, at least an eagle. Like ah, even even that impression of an eagle has a melody that it goes through. Yeah. Like it, it modulates ah, it, its tone. Like Helena Bottom Carter, like she got all her direction from from a tuning fork. Like every time she hits any line, it's in the exact same tone. Like all the the great line reading, like the the memorable line reading from the the Disney movie is off with her head. And like there's there's a rhythm there. Yeah. Not every line, not every word is the same length. Some are longer than others. And there's this like descending melody. But when Helena Bonham Carter does it, it's off with their heads. It's like she's doing an impression of like Queen Elizabeth from Blackadder. <laughs> <laughs> It's the same character, really. Honestly. The one thing I do want to talk about the Red Queen is that the effect for her head was the weirdest fucking part of the movie. It was so weird. It was so... Because she has a big head, but she doesn't... They kind of CG'd her a big head, but not like a sort of big bulbous sort of round head. It's just a Helena Bonham Carter head on just like a tiny body. It's like a like a Funko Pop had like an actual human head on it. But it's, then, it's so weird. And like the neck going into the head. There's a few shots. Like there's one shot in particular where she looks up at Alice because she's, you know, Alice is real tall. 
in in the throne room and there's a shot from below of her neck coming out of the collar into the head and it looks it it's it's whimsical <laughs> no it's the sort of thing where you watch it and you're like that's not what a person looks like it's it's so bizarre like it, it's like somebody brought a premature baby to a to a uh, to show and tell <laughs> no 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 to a uh, a dockside caricaturist, <laughs> <laughs> and instead of you know windsurfing or some other activity <laughs> to draw her doing baby driving a dune buggy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like Turkish prisons? Oh God! But Can yeah, you guys see Tweedle D and Tweedle Dumb. Oh, uh, I fucking hate speaking, of, speaking of premature babies, it looked like <sighs> eggs made out of flesh. <laughs> like Helen Bonham head was like, you know, pretty big, and like the eyes and the mouth were like weirdly shaped. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but if like you literally got into Photoshop and like pushed like the transformation button and just like shrunk it <laughs> and then put it on like two like piles of flesh. <laughs> I, so there's this video game from like 2004 called Siren. Oh, I thought you were talking about L.A. Noir, but Th- that was from much later. It was it was. Ooh, look at me! I'm Neil. I know when video games happened. Anyway, I'm a big nerd. Look at me. Anyway, so the way they did the facial animations in that game was they took actual uh, video capture of the actors' faces and just sort of plastered that on a, a blank no texture face so it looks like their face is being projected onto the inside of the head and it is freaky as hell and since it's a survival horror game it like makes sense for that to <laughs> be do that but Tweedledee and Tweedledum look like that but instead of being projected onto the inside of something with the shape of a normal human head it was the inside of a matzo ball <laughs> <laughs> I like they kind of look like, um, you know the old Sega game Seaman? Like, with the fish? Like, it kind of looks like Seaman. No, I don't. You don't know what I'm talking about. There's two Seaman. Not familiar with this game. I believe it, it's Leonard Nimoy's The Voice of the Fish. Maybe. I don't, I'm not sure. But yeah, it's a, it's a Dreamcast game with Dreamcast. microphone control where, like, you control this fish named Seaman by talking to it. It was apparently very ahead for its time, but it sold like dog shit, much like Shenmue. It's kind of like a Tamagotchi, but like fucked up. Like you can grow it up and like make it like eventually it grows into like a real person, you know? Same. (laughs) So I don't know if you've seen this clip, but it's a clip of Hayao Miyazaki and they're showing him some um, uh, uh, animation that they've done. Uh, for like some video game or something that they think he'll like and it's a uh, the way they did it is they made it so that the the character moves but like the head and like some appendages have to stay on the ground so it's this weird sort of shambling or it's like pushing backwards and they're like what do you think Hayao Miyazaki you'll like this and then he just berates the hell out of him <laughs> and he talks about his friend with a disability and he's oh my like God. He's like, I, this is disgusting to me. I strongly feel that this is an insult to life itself. <laughs> if this that's is how about, I, that's how I felt about Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <laughs> it's they look like they literally. It's just two eggs, which kind of makes sense because that's what the characters are. But like made out of human flesh, yeah. just with like the dumbest looking faces on them. Just 
It's I hate it. I hate everything about this movie so much. It's like Patrick Starr if like the kind if he kind of like came in on himself. Like like fleshy. (laughs) (laughs) They're real cute. Is what I'm saying. I Tweedledee and Tweedledum. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen whoever that war criminal is who does read. Whoever who does realistic pictures of cartoon characters, Richard Nixon. So you you have like a realistic looking picture of like a Homer Simpson, or like, the Simpsons are a big thing with him for some okay, reason. Okay, wait. So this isn't actually a war criminal. You Is just don't like. Yeah, I, if it's not a fetish, someone is inflicting this quote-unquote sure, artwork onto sure, humanity for no sure reason. I understand. This person is not a literal war criminal. Just a figurative one. <laughs> okay, just making sure, because I was like, I've seen those dumb things. Where, like, here's what these cartoon characters would look like real. But I was like, man, if this was made by, like, Slobodan Milosevic, <laughs> that'd make it a, be a whole new level of intrigue. You just enjoyed one of Hitler's artworks. <laughs> But but no, like it, it's drawn in this disgusting level of detail, and like the eyes are always just uh, horrifyingly too much. Like they're always bloodshot. Same, <laughs> and that's what Tweedledee and Tweedledum and a lot of the CG in this movie looks like to me. Like they're taking something that d- does not does not need to be. Two, d- does not need to be three dimensional, and they are fighting with tooth and nail to make it as realistic and natural as it can possibly be, even if that scars children. <laughs> Timothy Spall's character, the dog Baconator, whatever his name is, <laughs> like Patamdo. <laughs> it's like. They've never seen a real dog, and they don't believe dogs exist, but, like, they've seen a picture of one, and they're like, this is what we need to look like, and the intern's like, so, like, a dog, so we can just get, like, an animal trainer, and a dog, and, like, no, we can make it look, look like this. Sir, that's a dog. We've got, we've got, you know, we're excited to bring to life all the characters described in, in C.S. Lewis's work. Like, you know, the Jabberwock and, and the, the Bandersnatch and dogs. <laughs> dogs. <laughs> and people. <laughs> All these strange creatures. But the worst thing about Tweedledee and Tweedledum is that they are voice acted by, uh, I believe his name is Matt Lucas, who is... Um, Matt Lupus. Oh, man. Who is, um, if you've ever seen the show Little Britain... Oh, boy. He's... How little is it? <sighs> Pretty little. How little is it? If you've ever seen the show Little Britain, he is the fat one, and I think if you made like a March Madness Britain, a, a March Madness bracket for the least funny person in Britain, I think he'd be in like the finals with uh, Jimmy Savile. Mm. Wow, and Ricky Gervais, Margaret Thatcher too. <laughs> That's the final four, <laughs> the Triforce of unfunny British people. <laughs> I think Jack the Ripper might be in there, but... (laughs) Oh, no, he had quite the limerick. (laughs) Uh, He knocked him dead. Matt Lucas looks like a thumb. I just looked at a picture of him. He looks fucking scary. Listen, Jack the Ripper was just doing irony that you weren't (laughs) sophisticated enough to get. He's an artist. Who, uh, this guy or Jack the Ripper? Who looks weirder, um, Tweedledee and Tweedledum or Matt Forney? Ooh, 
at, at least Tweedledee and Tweedledum have like round heads instead of that that lumpen that lumpy ziggurat Matt Forney calls the skull. I think of at least Tweedledum, Tweedledee and Tweedledum have like. The excuse of not actually being real, like they're <laughs> Wait, C- they're CG, and like Matt Forty is just a real person who just looks like that. And Tweedledee and Tweedledum, as far as we know, are not rapists. Is Matt Forty a rapist? Um, he's one of those gross PUA dudes, so I'm uh, assuming. Yeah, I How know he's it? like one of those sex tourism guys, so like. Ugh. He has participated in some dubious sexual activity. Yeah, because here's the thing about all these, like, right-wing chuds. Like, I, I try to know as little as I can about them. So I don't even know what Matt Forney does apart from look weird and walk like a port, like, like a character in Assassin's Creed just walking into a wall because of a UI, you know, problem. What he does is just rip off Rouge V. He literally just copies the business model of that guy selling just creepy guides to having sex in various countries. Mm, I don't like this. Can we get back? To, I didn't. I really didn't think I was going to say this, but can we get back to talking about Alice, Alice in Wonderland? Wonderland. It did take me a second to remember the name of this movie. <laughs> Alice in Timbaland. Timbaland. Oh. God. So, let's talk about the actual good actors who are slumming it in this. Were there? Alan Rickman. It's so fucked up that Through the Looking Glass was Alan Rickman's last film. That's like his peak. We're going to cover that next time on Spall Talk Goes to Hell. I want to die. You're going Uh, to hell. (laughs) Alan Rickman was the caterpillar. caterpillar. Yeah. I have a quick story. Uh, if I can tell it real quick, I hit me. Lived with my roommates for a while, and um, I had this roommate, and he was like, "Hey, um, my other friend's coming over from class. We're gonna hang out for a bit. You can stay if you want to." And I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. You know, I'll get to know him." So you know, I talked to him for a little bit. He came over, pretty cool guy, and um, we were flipping through channels and we saw Alice in Wonderland, and I was like, "This is a shit movie." And he's like, "Man, that is a shit movie." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, that's awesome." So we had a little conversation, a little back and forth. And he's like, yeah, I love Alice in Wonderland. We bond over that a little bit with the book and, like, you know, the old films and stuff like that. And um, he's like, yeah, like, if you ever want to come over, Mitchell, um, about every other week, me and my friends, we bust out the hookah and wa- <laughs> we bust out the hookah and watch, like, the 70s Alice in Wonderland. We read a little bit. And I'm like, what the fuck you just say to me? He's like, yeah, you know, we bust out the hookah, you know, smoke a little bit, you know, if you want to come over. Um, we're starting a book club about all the Alice in Wonderland books. If you want to start that, and I'm like, wait a minute, you said all the Alice in Wonderland books. And he's like, yeah, you know, we read them all. We got like the original, like we we read the children's books sometimes. And I'm like, you're just a weird dude. <laughs> like, this is why I don't tell people that I actually really enjoy Alice in Wonderland because I don't want to be like you, Stephen. <laughs> That's right, I called your name out, Stephen. Shots fired. Shots fired. Coming up soon, we're going to have Spall Talk t-shirts and say, I don't want to be like you, Steven. <laughs> this is the Spall Talk duck hunt portion of the evening. Ooh. Get owned, Steven. The, the comedy central roast of Steven. <laughs> you were a great guy, though. I'm sorry. 
one time uh ben had me host a show that his band was playing at so unbeknownst to him like he was it was their album release show and unbeknownst to him i turned it into the roast of ben holland (laughs) so i was like i was like i was like all right don't tell ben but I need you to come up with a joke about Ben. <laughs> and I, I wrote some down. It's it, Ben's hard to joke about because he's like a super nice guy and he's like tall and good at stuff. Like there's not a lot of mean things you can say about him. But well, like, except for the part where he's like, you know, maybe it's okay that the Clintons own slaves. I, okay, I, in fairness, he did not defend the Clintons for that. Right, he just, he defended Hitler. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't. I don't think he, he comparatively defended Hitler. Yeah, it was it was difficult. I love you, Ben. <laughs> if I could just take the rest of the podcast to declare my love for Ben. <laughs> ben just sent me a tweet. Yeah, what do you say? Um, Live on air. I'm not gonna read it because the tweet won't load. <laughs> uh, so we've talked about the acting. Let's move on to the plot because oh boy, have any of you? read i know eric has have you read the alice wonderland book i've not i believe i have or at least some version of it i can't read <laughs> it's okay yeah i mean it's i know definitely, definitely read uh the the owl and the porcupine whatever the the one where they the oysters the poem that i think appears in through the looking glass okay i know i think i know what you're talking about the, 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 the Walrus and the Carpenter? Yeah, that sounds familiar. I haven't read like they, they speak of many things, like cabbages and kings. You're like <laughs> you're speaking like spitting bars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm I spitting halves of bars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just uh if any of the listeners have read Alice in Wonderland, it's a very, very different experience than the Tim Burton masterpiece. Ugh. It's, just, it's, a... it's also very different if you smoked a little hookah and you're just chilling with the boys. Shout out to Steven. But um it's I, I compared it earlier to the Chronicles of Narnia, where it's like The Chron the Chronic what? The the Chrono Whatcles of Narnia. Where they where it's like, you know, little underdogs go after and defeat a giant monster dragon or whatever the fuck. Like and the then in the end one of them doesn't get to go to heaven because she's interested in boys. Santa was there for some reason. It's a whole thing. Like seriously, I when when I brought this up when uh uh Eric's girlfriend Cassie came over recently and we started talking about Narnia and I brought up that that bit in the ending of The Last Battle Ah. where Aslan says that Susan cannot go to heaven because in so many words she's a slut Ah, mom was like I I don't remember that and I I remember it clearly I don't remember that either I don't know I don't remember that because I've never read that book (laughs) or like any of the others I read part of of, of, uh, what's the first one uh, Stone. That's the second one. Magician's nephew. Right. And I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> I didn't read the rest. I remember watching the first movie because I, that's where I fell in love with Tinda, Tilda Swinton. Ooh. I know I Don't watched the first movie. I only remember watching Voyage of the Dawn Treader, though. Voyage of the Dawn Treader, I think that's my favorite of the books. And it might be the only one that actually holds up. Because it's like an adventure story with cool islands. Like, there's one with like a lake where everything you drop into it turns into gold. Hmm. 
I think some people actually die from falling into that lake. Oh my god. It's messed up. That's kind of how I'm going to die, actually. (laughs) I'm drowning in gold every day, but you know. (laughs) When I die, wear me as a chain. (laughs) Proby, when I die, can you have me, like, embroidered in gold in your living room? (laughs) If you die. If I die. That's true. When or if I die. If and when I die. I feel like it's hard to embroider human skin. You can always try it. Practice. Practice. Hey, ask me how you embroider human skin. Very carefully. That's what I was going to say. You're supposed to ask me. You're not following directions. Hey, Froby. I'm kicking you off the podcast. Mitchell's my new podcast. What are you saying? How do you embroider skin? Very carefully. Care- Fuck you. <laughs> how do you embroider skin? Too tired. I'm having a new show. It's called Eric, and I'm the only one talking. Everyone can fuck off. It's like Joey. <laughs> So, quick question. What are you guys' favorite spin-offs of sitcoms? Frasier. 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 Okay, okay. I can, I can accept Frasier, I guess. I didn't even like Cheers. <laughs> what? I love Cheers Fra- is pretty okay. I love Cheers. I haven't watched it since I was a kid. No. I'm a big fan of um, Kate Loves a Mystery. Mm. And the spin-off to Columbo. Mrs. Columbo, which was changed to Kate Loves a Mystery after maybe, low ratings. Maybe Brady Brides. That was pretty good. <laughs> Aftermath for Brady Brothers. I, I love Aftermath. I asked in high school. I remember once I asked my calculus teacher. I was like, I was like, when you were a kid, did you watch Mash? He goes, Eric, when I was your age, Mash was something you just didn't miss. It's like, but Mr. Clergan, did you watch Aftermath? He goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So the plot of Alice in Wonderland. Oh yeah. It is needlessly overcomplicated. It it's it, needless. It is it it bogs down everything in a layer of prophecy and lore and sordid history and atrocities. This movie's an atrocity. <laughs> Just like a podcast I know it drags on forever. <laughs> straight Yeah, this years. American life gets boring as shit. <laughs> the third Thanks, I, I'm glad that S-Town only did seven episodes. <laughs> this American life, I'm Ira Glass. Uh, Spall talk, I'm Ira Glass. Every week we bring you uh, stories. Or, you know what I mean. Oh, God. The summer is here at last. The something, 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 but no rose for Emily. What the hell are you talking about? That's the ending theme to S-Town. I would never listen to S-Town. It's it's the best podcast of 2017. Yeah? It's a seven-episode thing about this guy in uh, rural Alabama who has a maze in his backyard and restores vintage clocks and is uh, super into uh, lefty politics and is really mad about the state of the world and global warming. It's me. I think if S-Town ever wants to, you know, be a guest on the podcast... Come on, Funk House. (laughs) Sadly, the guy from S-Town... This might be a spoiler, but he's he's dead. Oh, hey, hey, come back to life. Then come on, Funk House. (laughs) Can we do some kind of, like, rain dance? If if you're listening from beyond the grave, let's be honest. Since you're listening from beyond the grave, <laughs> come back, come on, Funk House. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure board? we can do the Indian dance to bring our rain back because Dame is already busy doing that. Oh god! Oh, deep cut oh. Kanye West reference. We've been going on a little long. 
How yeah, much we more have. do we want to say? I think we need to talk about like just how unnecessary having these two rival queens and history between them and like it's all it's got the vocabulary of a sci-fi novel mm. in that there are so many words that don't really mean anything in context or out of context and you you're never given a reason to care about whether or not they mean anything that's true i brought this up while we were watching it but it's it's annoying to me because it's like the opening of like a sci-fi book where the first chapter or they're like you know zebulon picked up his taquino and looked out his smarts taquino like the the oven like at the at the mountains of crimslaft and you know he had a new snack are you calling me a slur right now (laughs) and like all these words that they don't tell you what they mean until later they're like i don't care well here's the thing i can i can accept that in like vorbulex frimmed the gas leopard vis viciously I love Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> I, the thing is, I can accept that in some way because it's Alice in Wonderland, and like especially in the book, like it just like puts you into this thing where the book's just complete nonsense. If you're anyone who tries to make sense of the book, don't don't try yes, to read yes. it wrong. The original Alice in Wonderland is like a, a surreal fantasy, exactly. That where the 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 confusion and weirdness is part of the fun, exactly. whereas this. This is trying to be a fantasy epic where all these words have definite meaning and are very serious. And all of this is very serious. People have died in this conflict between kingdoms that spans all of the Underland. It's not even called Wonderland in the movie. What the fuck? My my only my only question for this whole movie is why so serious? <laughs> God, for you're so random. I mean, with all disrespect. But it just, it was Don't made ever call wrong. Me again. It was just made incorrectly and written incorrectly. And you're not even, in my opinion, you're not even supposed to make a movie about Ash Wonderland. Because, like, to make a movie out of it, you have to, like, you have to get something out of it. There has to be, and in the book, you get nothing out of it. And I'm, I hate to be one of those people that are like, it's not like the book, buh. But, like, it's very... The book and the movie are two very separate things. Buh. Buh. <laughs> I mean, if it was a good uh, fantasy epic in the vein of Lord of the Rings or A Song of Ice and Fire, that would be fine with me. Yeah. But it's not. It's turgid and... Groaning turd. Under the, the past few days, I've heard Neil say so many good things about Lord of the Rings, which I thought was incredibly surprising. Yeah, I, I, mean, thought, I thought you hated Lord of the Rings. I do, but in comparison, it shines. That is fair. Like, and also, it shines on its own because I love Lord of the Rings. Like, wait a minute, what? Big Lord of the Rings fan here. There was a there was a there was a moment in Froby's life where he told me I'm gonna watch a Lord of the Rings movie once a week for a whole year. I got to October. I I I told him, Froby, you're not gonna be able to do this, but all power to you. And I remember there were moments where I'm like, hey, you know, Froby, want to hang out? Like, gotta go back home and watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> My distaste for Lord of the Rings. It's not a hatred for Lord of the Rings. I just don't like epics. Like, they're not something I really enjoy, but, like, a a fun adventure like The Hobbit, 
I can really get into, as opposed to a, a serious, stakes-laden adventure, such mm-hmm. as a stakes-laden epic, such as Lord of the Rings. I just find it so boring. I'm not a big fan of The like, Hobbit, honestly. Yeah? Yeah. I, mean, I hate fair. the Hobbit movies, but I, I really like the Hobbit book because, you know, it it's it's fun, it's episodic, it's like a... I mean, it's a, it's a good story, but I can't read the book because it's for the same reason I have a lot of trouble reading the Harry Potter books when I tried because, like, it's... You're illiterate? Yeah, <laughs> but also because it's, like, it's literally for children, yeah. so it's it's written, like... I mean, it's not like he's talking down to me because he's le- he's legitimately writing this for children. But I'm reading it and I'm like, I am a grown up. I don't like this. I the thing is, I haven't tried to read The Hobbit since I was a child, that so is, maybe that that's better. Fair. That is but fair. But I had to read The Lord of the Rings for a science fiction and fantasy class, and I was like, When are they going to get back to the Shire? That's where all the fun is. And then they do get back to the Shire, and it's, it's fun no again. fun anymore. No, when they get back to the Shire, it's no fun anymore. Because it was all ruined by Saruman. You know, like, how The Hobbit, they split it into three movies? Yeah. That's exactly what they did with Alice Wonder Through the Looking Glass. <laughs> like, Through the Looking Glass is a good ten pages long. <laughs> and they made a whole nother thing about it, apparently. I haven't seen Through the Looking Glass, Ooh. so I can't really politely judge. But that's that's for next time. That's for next time on the official Minecraft podcast. <laughs> Oh. Is there anything else we want to hit before we get on out of here? I uh, want to, you to hit this hand right here. Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> I was about to make that same joke. Uh, how about we spark up and hit this shit, homie? <laughs> anyway. Let's spark up a friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, my dude? Oh, hell yeah. Hands together. Spall talk on three. One, two, three. Spall talk! Anyway, let's move on to our spall ratings. Mitchell, would you like to go first? Uh, sure. We do one for the movie, one for Spall himself, one for Spall fashion. Ooh, Spall fashion. For the movie, I'm going to give it a good three out of ten stars. We do out of five. Three out of ten. So one and a half out <laughs> one of One and a half stars. <laughs> we do one and a half stars. For Spall fashion, I'm definitely going to give it a five out of five stars. Or five out of five spalls. Because Spall is a dog. Spall, because Spall is a dog. And he might not be, you know, a cute dog or a good looking dog. But he is a dog and I love all creatures fairly. Including the CGI ones. And for the Spall performance itself. Judging by the three lines. <laughs> I'm going to give it. I mean, I'll give it a good two out of five. You know, solid. So I'm going to give it a one out of five. One one spall out of five because it's it's maybe in the top five worst movies I've ever seen. Wow! Yeah, it it might take the coveted fifth spot under *An American Carol*, *Immortal Ad Vitam*, *Expelled*, *No Intelligence Allowed*. I love that movie. And *Breakfast of Champions*. I love *Expelled*. And I said, "What about *Breakfast of Champions*?" Uh, are you sure you're not confusing it with Accepted, the 2006 college comedy starring, um, Justin, Justin Long? Long? No, I'm not. I'm thinking of Expelled. With, uh, Ben Stein? With Ben Stein. <laughs> <laughs> the movie about intelligent design. But yes, uh, it, it might get up, the company. There get... is no intelligent design down here. Yeah. <laughs> but 
But yes, that's it, what I say when I'm in buildings that I think are poorly made. <laughs> but yes, it, it might get the coveted fifth spot on that list of the cinematic atrocities I've witnessed. I'm glad to be here for that, honestly. Yeah. Uh, for Spall himself, I would give him I would give him a two out of five because he did not get a lot of screen time, but I do think he made they've got my wife and pups as good of a line as it could have been. And for Spall fashion, everybody in this film is at a one out of five, and since the dog does not wear any clothes, I'm gonna give him a two out of five. Cause he's got that leg up on the rest of them. He was pissing on him. So Eric. Ooh, first of all, I'm gonna give the movie zero spalls out of five. I'm astonishing I'm astonished you guys gave it anything. It is a one to five rating system. Well listen, this movie breaks the rules. I don't give a shit. I'll give this movie negative spalls. This has negative infinity spalls. This is Whoa. one of the worst experiences of my life. Um, this is worse than like any time that I thought I was gonna drown. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this is this is uh, 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 worse than the night that I had to stay up all night because I was worried my heart was gonna explode. <laughs> like this might have been the worst experience of my entire life. That was actually the first time Froby ever drank a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Cracked over to call. It's the weekend, baby. Time to drink exactly one beer and then call nine one one. I um I do agree with your assess- assessment of this experience. This is worse than any hangover I've ever had. Wow. This is worse than the day I spent in a gas station Denny's because at least then I had a nice Ooh. conversation about Hayao Miyazaki movies. You actually hang on. Now that you bring that up, this might be the second worst experience of my life because I think it is still worse than like. The time I spent five hours stranded in a DQ and then the U-Haul place that I called had closed. That might be a worse experience than this, but it's a, it's a real squeaker. And I, this also might, I, I'm also going to put this as the second worst. Timothy Spall himself, I'll give him four Spalls out of five because like he's, I don't know, he's doing his best. The lines weren't poorly read. Like, yeah, he didn't have much screen time and his lines weren't good. But then again, that's not his fault. I feel like as an Spalt. actor, <laughs> and the end of the podcast. I feel like as an actor, he's pretty good. He's doing his best. <laughs> I like him a lot, and it's always glad to see him. Small fashion, five out of five, because he's a dog. Anyway, I need to leave so I can jump out this window. <laughs> um, see you, see you in two weeks when we, you know, let's move on to our recommendations. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, recommendations. What's your first rec? My first recommendation Let's get wrecked. is going to have to be... I might do uh, a music recommendation this week. The new B.O.B. album came out a few weeks ago. It's pretty... There's a few bops, if, I'm, if I can say that. It's a concept album about Flat Earth. <laughs> so you better get prepared to get woke. And there's... He has like five songs about elephants in there somewhere. <laughs> It's pretty good. It's pretty solid. He's still a superhero. Solid. <laughs> and yeah, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> oh, my first recommendation. It's gonna be a good Tim Burton movie. It's gonna be, in my opinion, one of the best Tim Burton movies. It's gonna be the best Batman movie since the 1960s. Rest in peace, Adam West. That is gonna be 1991's Batman Returns. 
starring Michael Keaton as Batman, Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, Danny DeVito as the Penguin, and Christopher Walken as Max Shrek. It is a weird sexual nightmare, and I love it. It is the best, it's one of the top five Christmas movies, alongside Lethal Weapon, Tangerine, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Hard-boiled. Which Tangerine are we talking about? The one from like a few years ago about, yeah. And, um, shit. Christmas Story. Mm, Overrated. I know, it's like low on the top five, but it's still a good movie. Speaking, if you're talking about overrated Christmas movies, how about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? I haven't seen that movie in years. I just know that my dad, who's an absolute dad figure, loves it. So. That's why my dad said fudge all the time when we were growing up. Uh, is Chevy Chase dead yet? I wish. <laughs> it a matter of years. Uh, Chevy Chase, if you're listening, let's not kid ourselves. Since, Since you're, you're listening, listening <laughs> die. <laughs> anyway, my recommendations. First of all, since this is a Tim Burton movie, I'm going to recommend uh, the last. Oh, you had a second rec. Never mind. Go ahead. I, I just did my first. You you do your first. You know, I forget how the rules work. Uh, no rules. Hashtag anarchy. Anyway, it's okay. I understand. He's a guest on this podcast. For my for my first rec, I'm going to recommend uh, Tim Burton's last good movie, uh, Mars Attacks, which came out, I believe, one year before I was born. Um, so he's not made a good movie in his lifetime, but by God, has he made movies. Uh, you should check out Mars Attacks. It's it's a very funny movie. It's got a lot of heart. It's got color that's well handled, unlike this movie. So yeah, that's, that's my take. Um, let's go on to round two. Hit round two recommendations. My recommendation is, um, there's a family video near my town where I got Alice in Wonderland from. (laughs) And, um, I'd like to recommend that family video. Because I went up there, I asked for the movie, they asked if I made an account, I said no, and then the girl was too lazy and sad to make me an account, so she said, just take the movie home. So because of that wonderful employee, I am now a proud owner of Alice in Wonderland, so I'd like to recommend my local family video. Is that the one uh, on Beck Lane? No, it's not on Beck Lane. It's on Brady. From, we have like we have multiple fans on this podcast, so I don't want to you know to, to hunt me down and dox me. So I prefer <laughs> not to use addresses. Nice. I mean, you don't have an account with them, so where would they get your information? Ooh, that's true. But they know where I live, though. No, they can use the IP address that this is posted from. Because <laughs> we're gonna come back here to post it after editing. <laughs> it's a little fun thing we do where we travel to our guests' houses. <laughs> And upload it from their Wi-Fi. Even if we don't live in the same state, we don't even send them the file. We like we we use Skype to record, but then we drive to whatever state they live in. It's you know it's a little quirk. Oh, all right. How about you? All right, my second recommendation. It's a uh, it's a movie on a similar visual level. It is a uh, movie from 1990. It is called Begotten. It is shot on high contrast black and white, and it is a a story about the book of Genesis that begins with God committing suicide, and I think that reaches a level of aesthetic grime and ugliness that this movie reached accidentally. Wow, I mean, just a Google image search begotten and you will you will understand it's uh 
It, it's Holsties. Who would have thought the Genesis would mean the genealogy of genealogy of Isis? <laughs> this shit ridiculous. I don't want to be on next week. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, oh. should I hit my rec? Yes, if you want to. Okay, so I'm going to recommend another movie based on a children's book. And I'm going to recommend the new cartoon version of Le Petit Prince, or The Little Prince for the English folk around here. My boy. I speak French. Uh, no, I don't. I No words. Anyway. Oh, brag about it. Ooh, look at me. I speak French. Ooh, baguette. I full tower. Um, I love pizza. <laughs> pizza pie. Italian. Mussolini, um, pizza je t'aime. Marque de sad. <laughs> oh mon dieu, c'est la plus belle pizza que j'ai jamais vue. Le fromage à croix, c'est vraiment mieux que le dernier film de Gerard Depardieu. Uh, anyway. Hey! <laughs> tu veux pur sang, mi Paul? Anyway, check out, the, damn it. check out The Little Prince. It's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was cute and fun. <laughs> It was, it's got a lot of heart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll see you in two weeks when we watch another fucking shit movie. Spall his life. Adios, everyone. Mitchell, where can we find you online? Oh, you can find me online at the Twitter account at pretty underscore gnarly. Gnarly spelled G-N-A-R-L-Y. You the accepted find- spelling of gnarly. Okay. It is the acceptable spelling of gnarly, but a lot of people are really dumb and don't know how to spell. And you can't find me anywhere else. Please follow me on Twitter. I'm very, very desperate. I promise I'm kind of funny. Just don't listen to the rest of this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> if you're a fan of me and my tweets, like, he, every time he's about to tweet, he, like, sends me a draft and he's like, is this good? And we workshop it together. <laughs> I don't know. My last, my last tweet, I sent to Froby and he's like, it's perfect. Yeah, he sent it to me and I'm like, oh no, cause like, he doesn't need me anymore. No, it's okay. I, I thought that was pretty good. This dude has become the master. I, I have 10 followers. <laughs> so I'm very desperate. So please love me. All right, and you can find me on Twitter at F-U-C-K-I-N-A-L-P-A-M-A-R-E. And you can find my new short story collection, Mark My Words, I Might Be Something Someday, at genedank.itch.io. It is free, but you can also pay money for it. And I would really like if you paid money for it. I would also like if anybody downloaded it, because nobody seems to have downloaded it so far. I'm going to download it when I get home. The worst thing the devil ever did was put a download meter on the itch.io uh, banner. <laughs> it's a podcast of underdogs. Yep. Underdogs. Thankfully, Underdog is not a Timothy Spall movie, so we yeah, will not I have to love that. He sent, me, he sent me a picture of, uh, of, of Underdog while we were discussing... Uh, you know, movies for, for Spall Talk, and I had this horror in my heart. I was like, no, please tell me, give me Spall, it's not in that fucking movie. I don't want to watch that again. Not gonna lie to you, I would absolutely be an episode of Underdog. Let's watch Underdog. I'll absolutely watch Underdog. We can do that as a bonus episode. Anyway, you can find me on the online at twitter.com uh, slash Eric is a joke, and that's where you'll find your all your good jokes from the joke man, Eric. All right, cool. So next week we conclude our tour of the Inferno one time, through the Looking Glass. One time, Ben's girlfriend forgot my name and called me jokes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Spall is life. See you in two weeks. Spall is life. Me.
Love 